This is Jeff. This is Brett. And we're just two dudes talking about Star Wars on, on the, the Skywalk. Welcome back to the show. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, oh. mostly revolving around the Solo movie, but also Episode Nine, and also a brand new animated series in the Star Wars universe. We and gotta also, catch up, right? And also, Jeffrey, after the show, in our post-credit scene, appropriately, we're gonna talk a little bit about Infinity War. Hey, Jeff, the scale I see what you did there. and the scope and the quality of Infinity Wars, mm. Infinity War, correction, uh, have quelled my fears that it could ever possibly be overwhelmed by the Han Solo movie. First of all, <laughs> I don't think there's a chance that the Han Solo movie is as good as Infinity War. No chance. Second of all, the momentum, this thing is a freaking tidal wave <laughs> that is just devastating the landscape of summer movie season man anytime you have a movie that's three hours and it's fully engaging the entire time people are going to be exhausted dude and they're not going to want to see anything else no Uh, it's probably good that they did move it up a week when they did because if you remember it wouldn't have been coming out until this week but they moved it up a week Uh, and it's probably a good thing because there are so many people trying to see the movie and it's sold out so there's still a lot of people that need to go see this even though Jeff first thing man maybe the first news item even before we get to social media before wow it broke Uh the record for opening weekend you know this Jeff yeah it shattered it bigger than The Force Awakens and you know know what they earned it so this is Star Wars related yeah because they kick Force Awakens to the curb Jeff before we get into all these topics though Let's just get these social meteors out of the way. Nice. Uh, If you're looking to follow us or to subscribe to this podcast, hit us up on iTunes. Just search for The Skywalk. Speaking of tidal waves. Tidal waves. (laughs) Tidal? We're not on tidal yet, Jeff. We can get there. All right. Talk to Kanye. Search for The Skywalk. Uh, Sky is in sky, the thing with clouds in it. Nice. Walk is in the thing you cook in. W-O-K. Exactly. And leave us a review there. We have four glowing reviews already. Wow. Not to mention, Jeff. You Three know more than I expected. <laughs> you know what we left out last time? <laughs> As there are also reviews, uh, just ratings, yeah. where people don't actually leave you an essay about how wonderful your podcast is. So we can is. be rated? They rate you. Yeah. And all of our ratings are the max. I forget if it's five or six stars. Wait, wait, that's wait. What so you can rate without reviewing? Yeah, apparently. I've never tried oh, it. But, you interesting. know, you got to live. All right. There's always room to try something new. Uh, the Skywalk is on Spotify. Say what? Are we entering a new level of uh, podcasting by being able to be on Spotify? Oh, absolutely, Jeffrey. We're wow. taking this to the next level, bro. So if you want to pay to listen to our free podcast, get on Spotify. Then there's Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash SW over coffee. Uh, if you want all of your personal data stolen. Twitter, where people to go to air grievances and get yelled at silently. At SW over coffee. And finally, oh, friends, you know what else, what's coming. <laughs> it's called Star Wars Over Coffee. Yeah. Dot Potomatic dot com. Yeah, this is like for people who do all of their food shopping at 7 Eleven. So, Jeffrey, first topic. This is something Bubbling that we. Goodness. This is something we tossed over our shoulder like a lightsaber we Uh-oh. didn't want last time around. But I do all want right. to mention a quick thing about it. There Ooh, was the yes. question of was Colin Trevorrow fired because he wanted Luke and Snoke to live? And I want to bring this up because there's also this thing going around about, you know, we've so talked Brad, about. Remind yeah, the listeners who Trevorrow is. Colin Trevorrow is the guy who directed Jurassic World. 
which the money people at Lucasfilm took to mean he would be a worthy person to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. But then he went out and made his own small money little independent movie called The Book of Henry Uh-oh. that did so bad on Rotten Tomatoes that this Uh-oh. very podcast predicted that he would be kicked off of Star Wars Episode Nine <laughs> because the guy with a 12 on Rotten Tomatoes would not be allowed to direct a billion ever. dollar movie ever. <laughs> and that's what happened. Okay. No matter what they say, creative differences, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there was this thing like, oh, maybe he was fired because he wanted Luke and Snoke to live and they didn't want that spoiler. Proof that Rotten Tomatoes is important. Yeah, it's a big deal. And people like Martin Scorsese who are over the hill, they don't want to recognize it, whatever. Live in the new world, people. <laughs> this is what we're going to get to about Infinity War. If you don't like the fact that this movie relies on other movies you're living in the past okay if you don't like the train get out the way movies also didn't used to have sound are you are you against that or are you on board with movies having audio so anyway jeff my generational kickback there were people who were like oh i want to see the trevorrow version oh that would have been better and they also say oh i want the george lucas version where luke trains leia okay Okay, for first of all yeah See, th- that's where the argument goes south. Yeah. As soon as you said, I want to see the Lucas version. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. Right. Jeff, it's there are a lot happen. of people who are like, I hate what Ryan Johnson did. And that's fine. You can hate Ryan Johnson's version. Okay, but don't think George Lucas's version was going to be any better. <laughs> Would you be saying that if he prequeled Luke Skywalker? If he turned Luke Skywalker into like no. Phantom Menace Obi-Wan? Oh, man. I don't think so. <laughs> Here's the other thing, Jeff. Lucas. It's for, and, you know, don't, don't get don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do, I do like George Lucas. Yeah, right. I do too. I love the guy. However, yeah, his ability to make movies, yeah, has gone south. Yeah, just walk away from the game. You're, just, you're yeah, Joe Gibbs. You know, just drop the mic. You're Joe Gibbs. Move on. Joe Gibbs. You were great in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. you're done now. Um, <laughs> Jeff, he according according okay. to the reports, okay, right. the George Lucas treatment would have involved Luke training Leia, okay, elderly Princess Leia. Okay, at the time when mm. you know and. We all love Carrie Fisher. episode seven? Yes. Maybe seven, maybe eight. It was going to happen in the trilogy in his vision. So when, when, when Disney originally acquired Lucasfilm, right? Yeah. George Lucas actually went to them with like, hey, you know, I think I might want to do another trilogy. And they're like, oh, okay, talk to us. And, and this was the idea that he had. Yeah. Then later and then they were Kathleen like, Kennedy was like, nope. They were like, yeah, we might do that. Just uh, sell us the company for five bill. And then as soon as he signed the check and whatever, and they cashed it, they were like, yeah, you know what? We don't want to do any of that stuff. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just remember mm-hmm. that Carrie Fisher could barely deliver dialogue in episode seven, right? She was so rusty. This is true. She was much better. Like, I thought she was great in episode eight. But, you know, there were people who complained that Luke Skywalker didn't have enough action in The Last Jedi. And yeah, part but that's of me wonders, Luke couldn't do it. I know. He was Could've, on, dude. He went straight to the walker after yeah, those man. scenes. Dude, they had to replace Chewbacca because the dude's knees gave out. Okay, these people are older now, right? Like, I don't want to see <laughs> Princess Leia doing backflips on the island. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not happening. Sure, she can float through space. I didn't like that either, people. Well, it was you know, it's funny that you say that because when they did the special effects with Count Dooku, yeah, right, yeah, I I kind of got that feeling. I was right. like, yeah, you know, I get it. He's yeah. using the force, right. But it looks kind of weird when Count Dooku does a backflip. Yeah. So the thing of, oh, I would have liked to see Lucas's vision for this movie. That laser sword cuts both ways. Um, topic number two. <laughs> One last note, Jeff, All right. on the solo trailer. When, when that trailer came out, I think it was about a month ago now, it was announced, you know, that they were going to show this new trailer mm-hmm. during American Idol. And we all thought maybe tickets would go on sale. Here's what I have to say about this. Uh, I originally thought that Disney wanted to get us excited to buy tickets. 
Turns out they just wanted us to know how far American Idol has fallen. Yeah, that that that's what I'm thinking because first of all, I don't know anyone who's, who's watching American Idol. No. Like no one that I know. I think it's good that they didn't put tickets on sale cuz that uh, we've talked about it, Jeff. That trailer did not light me on fire. No, it did not. So I think if they had done the tickets are on sale now thing, I think the results would have underwhelmed hmm. and would have prov- – I think – and I think they they would have had this false takeaway that like, oh, people are suffering from Star Wars fatigue and that's why the ticket sale – the pre-sales are even lower. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. I think just the trailers were not that exciting. Like I said, the, when we talked about it in the last podcast – Denny's commercial, yeah. that raised my expectations. Yeah, now that's what... Yeah. Everything else yeah. has lowered it. Tickets are on sale now at your local Denny's. Right. I'd have been in there. <laughs> I would have been in there. I would have gone. I would have tasted the Grand Slam breakfast <laughs> just to get those tickets. So, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I think this podcast is going to go up right on May the 4th, our May the 4th episode. Let's do it. Um, so, maybe tickets are on sale already, or maybe it's going to be a couple hours away. Walkers, may the 4th be with you. Get them tickets. Uh, episode 9 news. This okay. isn't really a spoiler. Episode 9, huh? This is about the time, the timing of episode nine, when it takes place in relation to The Last Jedi. I feel like they're burying the lead here. If you don't want to know that, oh yeah. If you don't want to know that, you could tune out for a couple minutes. All right. It's not Spoilers, a big, people. Not a big deal, though. This is via Dark Horizons. All right. Um, John Boyega talking to Yahoo Finance for oh, some yeah, reason. Yeah, I read about that. Said, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Boyega accent. Hold on. Keep going. <clears throat> I can't wait to start shooting the next and final leg of the franchise. The first step is growing out my hair, so you can wait for the trailer to see why. So Jeffy's grown out his hair. Presumably this means that Episode Nine will take place a good amount of time after the events of The Last Jedi. Or not. Or not, but most likely or. As, as you <laughs> know, Brett. Yeah. Um, well, you, know, you may want to cut this out, so I'm going to pause. I want to cut it already. So, <laughs> as you know, Brett, yeah. black guys tend to grow hair pretty quickly. Yeah. So, I don't know. It doesn't that. have to be the next but day. Thank you for informing me. <laughs> so, I'm just saying that five o'clock shadow can creep up pretty quickly. True, true. true. So, but it you know, seems depending like it's on how long it is. If they were like, if JJ was like, dude, you need to start growing your hair out now, and they're not even filming until at least. The, Are I we talking braids filming? here? Who knows, man? Jeff, Dread- what's, dreadlocks? What's your legitimate theory? What do you think his hair is going to look like, facial and otherwise, in episode nine? All right. Well, seeing as how I definitely can't see him with dreads. Yeah. No. Um, oh man. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. I think we're just getting puff, man. I I I I mentioned this earlier. I really think he's going to go with the faux hawk, or he could go master blaster and just go do the straight high top. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be good. You know, with with the lines. Well, don't forget, he had something like that in Pacific Rim Uprising. That's what I'm saying. So I think he'll steer clear of that. Okay, to, I to think avoid he wants to, the association? Yeah, because you know what happens when you're in a Star Wars. You can get typecast very easily if you're not careful. Yeah. So I think he wants to give it a different feel. I think we're looking at something more like Saw mm. But I think we're just looking at something like a nice round puff is what I'm – that's my prediction, Jeff. Uh, let's move on from like – straight bum fro. From, from thin hair. <laughs> All right. FN2187. Finn Air. Hey, man. Finn Air. Real quick, Jeff. Is Phasma back in nine? Not that it matters to anyone, but is nope. she? Okay. I think she is. Um, all right. She this is, is in a cartoon, though. Jeff, this is our last Star Wars topic. 
Our right. last real topic of the episode before we do an epilogue of, of Infinity War. Okay. Um, guess what, everybody? Brand new Star Wars animated series coming. Uh, I'm going to read that's, you. That's where Phasma's coming. Yeah. Jeff, I'm going to read this press release, which sounds incredibly boring, but I'm just going to read the important parts and comment on them, and we can we can talk about them. Let's hear it, Brian. Uh, StarWars.com is thrilled to announce that production has begun on Star Wars Resistance. That name had been rumored about, Jeff, um, dun, 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 dun. and it ended up being correct. Uh, an exciting new animated adventure series about Kazuta... Starts with an X. X-I-O-N-O. Ziono. Okay. First stop here, Jeff. Is that a male or female? Exactly. Don't know, but I'm betting it's a female. Great. Uh, I'm telling you what it should be. What? An alien. Yeah. Female alien? No, no. Just an alien. Okay. It says, a young pilot recruited by the resistance and tasked with a top secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Very interesting, isn't it, though? Because, I mean, how far back before The Force Awakens can you go with that? How long is someone going to spy? And then... The Force Awakens happens. Now, does this coincide with any of the streaming plans for Disney? Well, it's premiering way before that launches, but okay. presumably that'll all be part of it. I mean, just like Infinity War, Jeff, it's probably not coming to Netflix. It seems like they're not going to be doing that, right? Really? I mean, the last the last Marvel movie on Netflix, I think, is Civil War. So I, okay. I think they're I think you're going to see them slowly back away and not mm-hmm. give Netflix as many new Disney products. Wow. Um, okay. So that they can just reserve them for their own thing, which is great. I mean, for them, you know, from a business standpoint, right? Uh, they're putting okay. them all in the Disney vault, Jeff. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Mm. Uh, this show, uh, going back to the press release, it okay. is uh, set in the time prior to Star Wars The Force Awakens, obviously. Uh, but it will feature the beloved droid BB 8 alongside Ace Pilots, colorful new characters. Uh, wait, first of all, Jeff, great to have BB 8. On an animated show. Yes. Uh, Alongside uh, fan favorites, including Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. And get this, Jeff, voiced by the actual actors, Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie. Shouldn't Gwendolyn Pierce, is is that her name? Chris Christie. Chris Chris Christie. Gwendolyn Chris Christie. Just kidding. It's just Gwendolyn Christie. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously. What? Gwendolyn Christie. It's, okay. Yeah, she's Phasma, so, so a.k.a. So Captain No-Show. So, Gwen, like, isn't she going to be busy anyway? She's going to be doing, um, what's it called? Dude, this is voice Game work. of Thrones, Dude, right? they'll, they'll probably write the entire script for a season yeah. and have her record it all in, like, three days. But, yeah, I, I think it's good, this right? This is our video guru. Dude, they got the real people. I, there's something nice all about right. knowing, like, wait, that's really Poe Dameron's voice. Yeah. I think you're going to be surprised. No, I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that it's like, eh. It'll be a warm feeling. You it'll know. be nice. It, it will be. I think it would be better if they had somebody like Finn. Plus, she can finally get more than like two lines per. And seriously, thing. what's her name needs to be doing something. Daisy. Yeah, she did Forces of Destiny. No, no, no. I mean, like <laughs> something real. No, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad now. No, no. I mean, like other work. Like Don't. she must be doing other stuff, right? She's not doing a lot. She did Murder on the Orient Express. Really? Which my kid has seen, and I have okay. Not. Was that any good? I don't know. According to my kid, but then. She thought Pacific Rim Uprising was the greatest movie she's ever seen. <laughs> the greatest? Yes. She I thought mean, it was better than the original? I kind of think every new movie is the best movie she's ever seen. Yeah. Which at this point in her life, yeah, probably. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. This series, Jeffrey, going back to uh, <laughs> Star Wars Resistance. Sorry, created, sidetrack. <laughs> created by renowned Lucasfilm animation veteran Dave Filoni. I think you, you based on your look you're giving me, uh, Jeff, you have some thoughts about this. I, I feel is like... Is he critically acclaimed? I feel like 
Uh, it didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> it just said veteran. Okay. Lucasfilm animation veteran. I see. I which, see. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Filoni. It didn't, they, even even StarWars.com did not go out on the limb yeah. of calling him critically why, acclaimed. Like, why won't they give him an award? I feel like we're the only people, Jeff, who feel like he's way overrated. Please don't hate us, people. I like him. I like him. He's aight. Yeah. But here's the thing. Getting to things that are just aight. Uh, art directed by Amy Beth Christensen mm-hmm. of Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels fame. Okay. Now, if you look at the image they released for Star Wars Resistance, it's yep. some kind of like... Swanky. It, it's uh, an X-Wing of sorts. It's a, mm-hmm. like a slightly modified looking X-Wing, but it's got that kind of drab overdone 70s vibe to it with the olive mm. green and orange. You know, that seems to be in right now, by the way. I don't think it is. Mm. I think it's just in I'm with seeing that more like more anything around. these people work on, which I really don't like. I don't, is that what it is? I don't think the art direction was very good on Star Wars Rebels. It's one of my biggest complaints with the show. It, at times, especially later in the show, I think it got much better. Mm-hmm. We talked about how everybody got good haircuts by the end of this. Of Somehow, the series, right? Right? They, yeah, they, I, do, I did notice that. They course corrected <laughs> certain things, mm-hmm. but, but like Zeb always looked like trash. Mm-hmm. Um, nah. Here's a glimmer of hope, Okay. Uh, the epilogue of the finale yes, yes. of Rebels That's was what I'm beautiful. About. So if they carry Amazing. over that art direction, and here's why they might, Jeff. Those beautiful blue skies, beautiful vistas. Uh, this series, ah, oh, let me get to this. This show is inspired by anime. Uh, I think it says something in here. That gave me hopes that this would be a better show. Oh, here it is. Okay. It says, there's a long history of high-speed high racing in Star Wars, and I think we've captured that sense of excitement in an anime-inspired style. So hopefully they will take what's good, Jeff, from, you know, like the best parts of Rebels that we really did like and kind of just go forward with that. I would like to see a Star Wars anime. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Batman anime coming out, which and the reviews are off the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I can't well, wait to they, see because yeah. they came out with a previous movie, right? Uh, Why not, the, man? Uh, that was Batman anime, and it was that that movie was awesome, dude. If Disney's gonna have their own streaming service, diversify, diversify, diversify. You need to have some of everything, right? Yeah. So go for it. So that that gives me a lot of hope. I think that's gonna be really cool. Right, we'll um, see. Let's wrap it up there, Jeff. All right. Because we still only have about eight minutes now left to get to our epilogue and talk about Infinity War a little bit for anybody who's interested in hearing us talk about that. Let's bring it. This is Brett. This is Jeff. And we're just two dudes talking about Star Wars on the Skywalk. And Infinity War. So, Jeff. Brett. This movie was awesome. It was three hours of awesomeness. I did not go to the bathroom. This is one of those movies, Jeff, where I had an immediate, happy, joyous feeling throughout the movie. And as soon as it ended, I was just like, "Ah, I love it. And just so you know, you don't need a drink before you go see it. No, no, don't. No, you don't. I actually, Jeff, truly, I forgot to drink before we went to see it. Jeff and I saw it together like we do. It was so much fun. Um... I think it actually helped that I didn't drink because I didn't feel like I was ever lost with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's quite as complex from a storytelling standpoint as yeah, but I do need to Civil see it again. War. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but I think I was able to follow everything pretty well the first time. Civil mm-hmm. War had this other thing going on 
where especially the villain was doing stuff throughout the movie that you could not understand until you saw his grand plan at the end. Right. Right. It was kind of like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Right. It's like, wait, why are these guys? What's going on here? In a studio doing. Yeah. And you don't find out. Why is this opening scene important? Right. Right. And you don't know that till later. Whereas this movie, it's a little easier. It's a little more linear in certain ways. That's true. Even though. That's true. It is more complex in terms of the ensemble and how many threads they're trying. That's why it was so good. Because it was easy to follow. That's the thing, people. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you've got. Okay. You've got. Amazing actors and actresses, right? Yep. The best of the best are in this movie. And yet Marvel gets it right. They get it right. They, they figured get it out right. they're chem they are they are master chemists, right? Like they know how these characters should interact. Even people like you would think that Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth are almost like I mean, they're both named Chris. They're both these guys with, (laughs) you know, even the humor from like Thor Ragnarok and like Chris Hemsworth's type of humor, like when he was on SNL, it's not all that different from a Chris Pratt, Parks and Rec sort of humor. So you would almost think that they don't go together because they're two the same, but they do somehow. And the thing is, the conversation sounded real. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like all I'm saying is if you totally switched out there their personalities on camera mm-hmm. with their true selves. Yeah. That's, I yeah. feel like that's how some yeah. of those conversations would go. Maybe that's the trick, Jeff, is right? that, you know, Marvel has figured out how to find personality matches. Like the real life personality maps pretty well to the character and they've let it kind of morph to where it's like, hey, you know what? Chris Hemsworth has a really great sense of humor. So let's let Thor morph a little more into that. Huh. And it's just working so and well. I could totally see Chris Pratt making fun of Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. With his voice. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. And being insecure about being around yeah. him, you know? Um, He's like, dude, seriously, like, <clears throat> you're, you're too too well cut, man. Jeff has told me that my brilliant revelation has already been made millions of times on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're kind of late to that party, but, bro. But what it is. But but I, I really think this is the most appropriate thing. Go There's ahead. another level to it, Jeff, as well. Right, right. Then here I'm going to tell you. And then here you're probably going to tell me that you. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. You've read it 15 times already on the internet. But I, what I was telling Jeff the other day is like, this movie mm-hmm. is the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. In that it is so literally Marvel has dedicated different movies to different infinity stones, right? Yes. Certain movies deal with the Tesseract, other movies deal with the Soul Stone or yep. the Power Stone or whatever, right? The Mind Stone. And this movie brings them all together. Yeah. Onto one magical gauntlet. Much like it brings, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy fun, funky space vibe. Mm-hmm. Together with the Avengers uh, super cool moral conflict thing and Spider-Man's youth movement. You know, like it's collecting it, all the different personalities that each and movie uses had. them together. Yes. It is now bringing them together and wielding them to great effect. Uh, the other thing is, Jeff, uh, now if you haven't seen the movie, you shouldn't be listening to this at all. Last warning about spoilers. Five, four, th- whatever. The gauntlet, Jeff. Okay, Thanos, his his big idea, yeah. the, me- the reason that he's a good villain that makes him relatable is that he has an idea that in some in some weird ways makes a lot of sense. Which and he's is, thought it through. He's really thought it through. He says, you know, there are just too many people, too many people alive in this universe. Overpopulation. For everyone to live a good life. So instead of having a lot of people suffering and not having enough food or enough wealth or enough whatever, I'm going to kill off half of everyone. Randomly. Randomly. And the other half is going to live good, live well, right? Because they're going to have more resources to share. 
Then, Jeff, as we all know, at the end of the movie, they literally kill off half the cast. Yeah. Which is almost like saying we have too many great characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we can't afford that we to can't keep afford. them all going. They can't all coexist, although nope. they've proven that they can. Some personalities are too big. Yep. So we got to just kill off half of them, and then the other ones can prosper, right? <laughs> it's phenomenal. And there's no way these guys didn't know that when they wrote the movie. Like, that had to be this sort of meta twist to this whole thing, this whole culmination of the Marvel Cinematic It all universe. comes together. But... Here's the thing. Uh-oh. That's all great conceptually, but they managed to execute it and make it a super duper well-crafted, super entertaining, funny, warm, heartfelt, sad, heartbreaking movie all at the same time. Every single emotion. Yes. We went through it. So the funniest part to me, Jeff, was when mm. the movie ended, as you know, we said we were there together. I turned to my daughter. <laughs> Who is just like, what? That is what? not cool. No. You cannot no. do that. She literally started banging the chair yeah. and like was having a full <laughs> on tantrum. And I was like, are you okay? It's like, why did they do that? And I felt like Thanos. I was like, Brett, you're going to have to explain this. I became the embodiment of Thanos. I was smirking at the idea of them killing off half the cast. And I'm like, this is great. You know, like, this is why but this needs to be die. that way. No! And that's the amazing thing. Is like I gave your daughter my theory. Which was? Oh, yeah. The yeah, replacement yeah. theory. Yeah, the replacements. Which is a very good theory, Jeff. Um, it could happen. I'll bring it out to you later, later listeners. Let, let, let me, let, why don't you just, you know, marinate on it? Yeah, marinate on it. We don't have to talk about it now. We only have one minute left to record, Jeff. Uh-oh. Any last words about Inve- Avengers Infinity War? Favorite character to you, Jeff? In this movie. In Avengers Affinity War. Yeah. My favorite character was actually Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. He Jeff. was off the chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was really good. He he, he fit in where, where he could. Yeah. And y- there was this clear relationship that he had with Iron Man. Yep. Um, you know, oh, I felt man. like he had a bunch of one-liners that were, like, off the chain good. Dude. You know, Footloose. Yeah. That, that was great. Right. You know, just there, there was a couple lines where he really brought it and. You know, um, I don't want to spoil it again, but there's a, you know, there's a moment that comes together. And it's it's kind of like when. Um, no, you can spoil it. Though, when Coulson. Yeah. When Coulson dies in Avengers. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. It's like you feel it. Yeah, you do. Right? Because he's like, I feel he's part of the audience. Yes. He's like, you know, th- he's like, I'm just a regular dude. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, around all you guys. Well, yep. the thing is, even though Spider-Man is a superhero, he still feels that way. Right. With all these, you know, amazing personalities. We all feel like Aunt May. And, you know, you like know? when when he goes out, it's so sad. It's it's the and the fact that we all know they're making home. It didn't Spider-Man matter. Homecoming, yeah, too. It didn't I matter. still was heartbroken yeah. at his death scene for them to show that. I was just like, wow, that takes. And here's the thing, Jeff. This is what I said. Or to gumption. Lana. So so Lana, Lana, our good friend, Lana saw the movie last night. Finally, she texted me immediately after reading so many spoilers. She was furious and like, why did they do this? And blah, blah. here's my thing. OK, <laughs> this is what I told Lana. And then I think she came around a little bit right. and I'm not trying to invalidate her point of view. And I think she really enjoyed the movie. She had some issues with it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But here's the thing. What do you want Marvel to do? There is no way. They need a solution. There's no way they can keep the they, they try to keep people's contract situation secret. Yep. Right. So there's this whole thing about like, oh, there's well, too many only, people involved in the mix. I saw this article, Jeff. It was like, oh, it's the bottom line is what determined the ending of this movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way. 
The whole movie is so undeniably entertaining. And it's like, what do you want them to do? I mean, I'm sure if they had their way, no one would know who's up, you know, who, whose contract is ending yeah. and who's coming back. They don't want us to know that. Unfortunately, we do. I don't know that, Jeff, because I don't want to know. Yeah. If you want to go out there and find that stuff out, you're just going to ruin the experience for you. And I sympathize with them because now they're trying to write a movie that's true and good and entertaining and a good story despite the fact that you know that Black Panther can't be dead and you know that <laughs> Spider-Man can't be dead because they're just not going to get rid of these new characters after they've been this like runaway There's gotta success. There's got to be a loophole somewhere. Yeah. So you know that, but like, what do you want them to do about it? You know, I don't want them to write the whole movie based around what we know and what we don't know about people's contracts. You know, like, I just want them to write a, a contract movie. should not be the reason. Yeah that a movie is creatively going one way or the other. Right. I mean, you know, and then you go back to something like Star Wars where it's like Carrie Fisher died. So we kind of knew that she wasn't going to be around for episode nine, but that's that's unavoidable. Again, you just do what you can. Yeah. And they had to make a decision and it was tough, but they did what they thought also, was best for forget, the story. Also, don't forget, we're talking about linking up multiple properties across oh, yeah. the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I mean, you know, these other trilogies or mm-hmm. these other longstanding, you know, anthologies, yep. they're all linear. Yeah. You know, it's one after the other. Right. But these guys, I mean, they're just coming from different parts of the galaxy. Yeah. But the thing is, they took their time, up. too, Jeff. Yeah. You know, like I look back and this is the unfortunate difference mm-hmm. for Lucasfilm, right, is they don't have this luxury. Last night, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger was on TV again. Yeah. And I thought, man, when that came out, I didn't even go see it in the theater. And I've always loved comics. I was never a huge Captain America fan, to be quite honest, right? Any X-Men movie I went to see in the theater because I guess I was just more— Because you just loved the X-Men. Yeah, I loved X-Men in the 90s. Um, But, like, they could afford to kind of be under the radar for a while. Okay. You know? Whereas Star Wars came back, and the expectations for that first movie are enormous, right? So people went into The Force Awakens with the expectations that they went into with Infinity War, right? But see, Marvel's had like 18 movies to ramp up to that, yeah. right? So that's an advantage. But see, they're also taking really advantage of what they can do. See, Marvel, the whole thing yeah. is based on comics. Comics did this stuff all the time. Yeah. They, it's, they're not reinventing the wheel. Right. You know, these are multiple lessons that they've learned yeah. through the comic industry. Right. And with comics, like, you can kill, you could, oh, we know. You can kill Superman. We know Spider-Man's not dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you could kill him off in this iteration that story will be retold again and again and again, whereas Star Wars is not that way. It's oh, no. not retelling. The, shouldn't be, J.J., retelling the same be. story. Anyway, for anyone dumping on Infinity War right. for being— Speaking of dumping. Reliant, so there are the critics who say, oh, well, this movie doesn't make any sense unless you've seen the other 18 movies. Yeah. Duh. That's true. <laughs> Embrace it. This is different. What is wrong with that? It doesn't need to fit into this mold. And there's people who are, you know, these diehard film critics who insist that everything has to be self-contained. And by the way, this movie is its own self-contained story, but it is much more rewarding if you've seen the, the other eighteen. And that's a new experience. And how many people are rewatching Captain America First Avenger oh, on yeah. TNT? Yeah, dude. Because it's it's on repeat. Right. Like right. there's a reason it's on repeat. Because right. it's popular because right. people liked the movie. Right. And there but there's a cynicism too, Jeff. Like, oh, they just did that to make more Yes, they're doing it to make money, but you know what? These people have chosen to make money by making movies about comic book superheroes. Okay? They could have gone and started a bank. They could go and mine. <laughs> 
in Bitcoin if they want to, but instead they choose to do something fun and creative. So I think there's a little too much cynicism at times about like, well, they only did this to sell more merchandise. No, like I want them to incorporate all these characters. Jeff, they use the Iron Spider. I never liked the Iron Spider before until this movie. That's and here's great. The thing. These movies, these big, huge movies yep. allow them to take chances with the other stuff. Yeah. Right, so yep. it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's make a movie that's just about African superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That actually did pretty well. Yep. Oh well, yeah, man. Maybe we can do something else. That's how you do it. Jeff. So I think I, are we towards the end here? We got to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. Fantastic movie, Brett. I, I hope all of our listeners, if you're still listening, go see this movie. I don't care that it's three hours. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Yep. Lean back. Yep. And enjoy the show.